fitness candor podcast listeners. I got rid of the I got rid of the word freaks. I used to say freaks when this thing started, and I decided to drop it. Uh, joined with me today is friend, dietitian, coworker uh, Chelsea Cato, and she's been with hello, Mission hello. Five now. Hello, she's been with Mission Five for a few months now, and she's done some great work with some of my personal clients. And I know she's actually worked with me and really helped me tweak my nutrition, uh, get the most out of my performance and just everyday living. So I I'm, have 100% confidence that she's going to spread nothing but good news on here. So Chelsea, welcome to the podcast. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Thank you. Thank you. I'm, this is my first podcast, so I'm excited right. um, and a little bit nervous, but I'm excited, more importantly. So, um, but yeah, like Eric said, um, my name's Chelsea, and um, I'm a dietitian. I've been a dietitian, this will be my fourth year now, so, um, and I, you know, everyone always asks, how did you pick this career choice? Um, so I, I've just always been fascinated with how nutrition affects the body and how it can change our um, our sleep and how it can affect our mood and our energy and um, I just the real gains that someone can can accomplish by changing their nutrition. So, um, but yeah, like like I said, I'm excited to be here and hopefully kind of debunk some myths and uh, <laughs> hopefully get some good conversation going. Chelsea, where did you go to school and did you? Did you start out in one area? What kind of got you into, was there like a certain turning point in your life where you're like, man, I need to do something different? Or was it just like, um, I like to eat, I want to see what's going on, so I'm going to go this route? Yeah. Yep. So I went to the uh, University of Kentucky, graduated with uh, oh. Go Cats. Oh, and you're real happy right now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, if anyone's heard of their basketball team, they're their uh-huh. this year, so... Um, <laughs> But um, graduated with a BS in dietetics, and um, I think the second question you asked was kind of how I, you know, or why I decided to do this, or, or what, is that what you would ask? Like, yeah, like exactly? what, was there like a, a certain turning point where you noticed, hey, I, I need to get the best out of my nutrition because of X, Y, Z, or is it just the fact that mm-hmm. uh, food, everybody needs it, so? Yep, yep, so... That's a good question. I, I guess kind of why I decided to go in or why, you know, what really kind of made me see, oh, my gosh, this this is the coolest thing ever. One of my um, friends, she had an, an eating disorder, and I was just un, so amazed and surprised with how nutrition affected her body. Um, yeah. So that's kind of how I got into it. And although, you know, I mean, she's doing great now, but just the effects of nutrition and how it, um, you know, impacts the body just kind of blew my mind. And then I took, you know, my own nutrition and kind of played around with it. And I think that's the coolest thing to do is, you know, be your own guinea pig and experiment yeah. with food yourself. And um, within days or a week of changing your diet, you can just tell an enormous difference on how you feel, um, you know, your energy and your athletic ability. So um, I always, you know, tell people whether they're trying to lose 100 pounds or run a marathon, your results are, are going to be 80 to 90 percent nutrition. Absolutely. So, yeah. 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 Well, yep. Yeah. I completely agree. That's uh, a lot of times when, I, when I'm meeting with a client, I'm sure it's the same way. So like you kind of got to have, have to meet me halfway. You know, I'm sure with yeah. you, maybe it's like you got to exercise a little bit. Uh, certainly you can change your overall uh, appearance and how you feel with just nutrition. There's no doubt about that. Um, I kind of want to cut to something that you, you mentioned, an eating disorder. I was reading something the other day and it brought something to my attention saying that we are in kind of a an epidemic of, of sorts as a culture 
uh, almost everyone has an eating disorder because of the way we feed ourselves, just in general. Um, and, and they talked about how, how you know, you, you drive down the street and it's, it's everything you have to not notice a White Castle or McDonald's or, you know, you name the place. Yes. Would, would you agree with that statement that we're almost in this state of urgency, that we're all in some sort of eating disorder? We're not really sure where to get our information from. What do you think about that? Right. Yeah, no, that's such a good, uh, such a good topic, and it's that disordered eating in terms of you know we, you get different information from Dr. Oz, and you get something from you know Oprah, and, and just everyone has their you know that kind of expert opinion, and it's it's hard to know who to believe and who to trust, and I think now more than ever we're seeing advertisements just thrown out there, and yeah. we never really see advertisements for good, real, healthy food. I mean, when was the last time you saw a commercial on broccoli? You just don't. So you don't, it's, no. it's a lot of, you, you really don't. Not without cheese. So, and that's, exactly, not without some Velveeta. <laughs> but, um, and that's, you know, the, the other part of my job that I love is working with the, um, the mind part of this, the, you know, how do we actually make this happen? Because I can talk to someone all day long about a meal plan and, you know, what to eat for breakfast, but working on that, you know, how do you make someone make the switch to eat healthy? That's, that's truly 50% of my job is kind of the execution part of things. So, yeah. Um, but, yes, to answer your question, I think it, it really, truly is uh, you're bombarded with so much information every single day. And if I could give just one one tip to help weed through all of those, you know, advertisements is if, if it's real food, then eat it. And if yeah. it's not, it's probably got, you know, some things that aren't, you know, the best for you, processed, you know, chemicals, additives, things like that. Yeah, that's. That seems to be it right now. There's so many different, but you also have to look at, I guess this goes off into a little different direction and I don't want to get down rabbit holes, but you got to look into who's, you know, putting all the money behind that kind of stuff too. You know, it's not just the, uh, the TV station, but man, I wonder how many people are, are behind the scenes saying, hey, we have this much money and we want you to put this on the air. Of course, I think everybody probably knows that, but if, if you know, the all-natural uh, grass-fed beef farmer out there had that kind of money, I'm sure we'd probably, probably be seeing that kind of stuff too. But Exactly, yeah, you, exact, you're exactly right. You said something interesting. To, mm-hmm. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, oh, I was just going to say, not to throw my, the so the corporation that I am from, the American Academy of Dietetics, it's just basically mm-hmm. the, the big corporation of dietetics, if you look at who funds them, and it's, you know, on their website, and it's definitely no secret, but the people who pay the Dietetics Corporation is um, McDonald's and Nestle hmm. and a lot of processed food companies. So, um, that's you know, that's, although, yeah, it's something I'm not proud of, but it's true. You know, a lot of the research is funding and funded by um, Nestle and Kraft and, you know, a lot of processed foods. So, Isn't that interesting that, it probably makes you more credible to be a part of that organization, right? I mean, that's a, probably a necessity for you to be a part of them, and, and yet, it, oh, that's so odd. That's so odd. Yeah, yeah. So it's, I, I stopped paying my dues a, a few years ago once oh, I, nice. I had these ties. I know. So I'm still, you know, registered and licensed with the state of Ohio, but I, I you know, firmly believe that I'm not going to put my money, you know, and be a part of this affiliation where I'm, I'm getting, you know, in my opinion, 
different types of studies that are, you know, you know, saying, oh, you can have a, a Diet Coke a day. You know, I, I don't right. believe that. So, um, but yeah, it may be controversial, but at the same time, I, I believe in, you know, good real foods. Yeah. I, I, there shouldn't be any controversy about it. I mean, you said it yourself. Yeah. It's plain and simple. Um, but uh, moving on to something you said earlier about in most of your job is getting people to make, those, make that choice. So it, I think we're similar in the fact that, and I think a lot of people in similar industries as us, if you're working one-on-one with people and trying to change habits, you have to know, you have to get to know that person. Not every single person is going to be the same. It's not a cookie-cutter program. How much of it is, is besides education and spreading what you know works, what what are the what does the steps look like? If I came to you and said, look, I'm, let's just say, 10 pounds overweight. I feel sluggish. I don't sleep good. Um, mm-hmm. What are the steps that you would take to move me into that direction? Is it more mental preparation, or what happens? Yeah. So you know, like you said, in education is is a huge part of it. I mean, going back to the basic of how do you read a food label? What what does that look like? You know, what what's a good food? What's a bad food? And then. I would say 90% of my patients or clients, I meet them at Kroger for their second appointment. It's, 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 and I kind of get a funny look when I say, we are going to meet at Kroger, and I'm going to show you how to shop, what That's to awesome. get in your cart, and how to, yep, how to meal prep. Because I think um, a lot of the battle is, is people have to plan ahead, and we have such convenient foods available. I mean, you can get a pizza at Speedway. I mean, there's nothing more convenient than that. So I think, you know, when we have to switch our mindset to, okay, I need to think a week out and plan my meals and really, truly know what I'm going to be eating for the next seven days, that's what I have to help people get into the habit of. Because if you, you know, don't plan ahead, that's when we fail. So um, that education is important. But second, meeting someone at Kroger and getting them out of my office and, you know, it's, it's fun, it's exciting. And, and that's what I want to bring back is nutrition should not be stressful. It should not be a worry or, you know, a calorie counting game. It's let's just go back to the basic and have fun and cook and, you know, get in the kitchen and, you know, make, make some mistakes and that's okay. So yeah, that's yeah, really what to expect. That's, well, that's so awesome because it's so hard and people, and I'm sure you hear it all of the time and you've already, you've already mentioned, you know, you have to plan in advance. But I'm sure you hear all the time. Look, I get up at six, I get the kids out the door by seven. I have to work by eight. What are some, what are some things that you would tell a person whose schedule is well, the American person is exactly like. Right. The, what, what would you say? Like, let's just let's just say the easiest thing to do for breakfast. What would you suggest? Because I I think that might be the hardest meal. Mm-hmm. Yep. So what, what I usually suggest is, you know, again thinking of at, ahead of time. So maybe on Sunday night you boil a dozen eggs and you have that for the week. Or there are um, some really good sausage links out there that aren't processed and don't have all the nitrites in in them and added sugar. Um, And if you boil it down, you know, this stuff can really take a few minutes in the morning. Or making a quick protein shake, that can be, you know, a minute and a half. Um, And when patients, you know, kind of challenge me and say, oh, I don't have time, you know, I'll have them, you know, make the breakfast and and time it and say, you know, text me how long this took you. And, you know, I kind of push back and, and challenge them to change their paradigm because that's that's a lot of this too. You know, we have this idea in our head that 
you know, eating healthy is is super, super time consuming. But, you know, I, I want them to, to say, hey, this is quicker than sitting in that drive through at McDonald's because I know that yeah. line is 15 minutes long, you know. So, yep. um, you know, coming up with three or four easy things that they like, that that's easy. Um, and, it, again, it's making it ahead of time and doing it once or twice during the week versus every single day. So, um, that's kind of the, the suggestion that I would have is, you know, make a, 10 bo- hard-boiled eggs on Sunday or even make three batches of protein shakes um, yeah. or, you know, cottage cheese. You don't even have to prep that. You just, you know, eat, eat and go. So, um, and then there are those healthy options out there that um, you can order offline, like healthy Cincy meal savers. They will send you in the mail organic, clean food. Um, it's going to cost a little bit more, but it's you know time is money, so it will yep. give you a lot of you know time that way. Well, that's awesome. Um, I think I think spending spending the time in the kitchen is one thing, and my wife and I actually make a day out of it. So yesterday, we both knew that between this time and this time, it's us in the kitchen. We put a little music on and we have fun. And we I could take a picture of my fridge and I could post it. We we have prepped every single meal for the next week and it we've even got tonight in there we've got a little she made like these little salmon balls that she's gonna um make tonight that's prepped the next night we've got um grass-fed um, hamburgers gonna throw on the grill so it's because that time of year so putting that time of it into it is essential and people need to understand that it's going to be like everything else you have to be dedicated and you have to make it a habit it's got to be intentional you have to go through it we knew that it was going to be four hours from 12 to 4 yesterday. That's mm-hmm. all we did, you know. Yeah. But and you're done without that week, devotion, right? I mean, pretty much. You're done. The rest of our time, we don't we don't have to think tonight. We don't have to think. Oh my gosh, you know what? Let's just go to Chipotle. Oh my yeah. gosh, let's pick up a pizza. Exactly. No, we know we come yeah. home, we throw it on the grill, and we enjoy each other's time. Exactly. And I think, you know, one thing I want to add to that is you're making it a priority. I mean, there are, you know, a hundred other things you could have done yesterday. You could have, you know, you could have napped the whole time. You could have watched TV. I mean, there are a thousand other things you could have done, but you made that nutrition a priority. And that's, you know, what I try to help people to realize, you know, you have to prioritize your time and your efforts, and then you'll, you'll definitely see that result. So I think making nutrition a priority is key because it's so easy to put it on the back burner because we have convenient foods. Correct. Good pun there, back burner. Exactly. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well played. Um, let's go on to some more of the specifics of nutrition. I think you sure. said something earlier about, you know, counting calories when – I think when people start to, to, to get in their mind, all right, I'm going to start watching my nutrition, so all I have to worry about is the amount of calories I take in, which I'm sure they are important, but I don't think that we necessarily, all of us, understand what a calorie is, what it consists of, where it comes from, what it's used for. Uh, without blowing us away with too much science, can you break that down and how you know, the carbohydrates, fats, and proteins all play an important part and, and yeah. why it's important to get all of them? Absolutely. This is one of my favorite topics because I probably get asked this three or four times a week. Um, you know, we we have such a um, such a mantra. I would try to get rid of that mantra that a calorie is a calorie, and as long as you eat less than you burn, you'll lose weight. 
that's what we've been told, that's what get ad- that gets advertised to us. Um, but I try to emphasize over and over again that it's the quality of calories mm-hmm. that plays such more significant role than the quantity. Um, and an example I use all the time is, you know, if you ate 1,000 calories of carrots or 1,000 calories of cheesecake, and you ate that every day, that those calories act differently in your body. One of them is pure sugar, and that's going to turn into fat and store as fat, um, whereas the carrots, um, they're, they're not going to be stored as fat. So the bottom line is it's not so much of a calorie in versus calories out. Um, and like you said, they, they matter. If you were eating 10,000 calories of anything, that's not good, and you'll most likely gain weight. Um, but to put all your eggs in the basket of, hey, I'm just going to eat less, um, you may lose a little bit of weight, but it's, it's not going to be long-term. It's not going right. to be sustainable or maintainable. You're going to have low energy. You're going to feel bad. Um, and that's where I say, hey, don't count anything. Don't weigh anything. Throw that out the window. Let's just focus on eating real foods that are going to keep you full and satisfied. And you're not going to have to count calories because you won't feel the need to eat all the time, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Um, so, Another example I give all the time is I tell someone, I would rather you have 300 calories of cashews than a 100-calorie snack pack. And I always get a funny look, and, and people are like, what? I, you know, shouldn't I have the less calories? And I explain to them that 100-calorie snack pack is all carbs, all empty sugars that's going to essentially be stored as fat if you're not burning through it, whereas those cashews, although more than double the calories are going to keep you full and satisfied and take you longer. And that way you don't need, you know, two or three of the 100-calorie snack packs to feel full. Um, so, like you said, without getting in, into the too much of the science, it's, it's a calorie is not a calorie. It's the quality versus quantity that matters. So That's awesome. That's, that's what I focus on. And, and I see great results of it. I've made the mistake with my patients and clients of, of saying, you know, count your calories and, you know, the lower the better. And, you know, after one or two, you know, mistakes, I'm, I'm never doing that again. It, it doesn't work. And, and everyone ends up being grumpy because they, they don't feel good <laughs> on a low-calorie diet. And then yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's not good for business. Um, no. What's, what's really, and I think you, you hit it on the head, is that quality over quantity. There, it's the same thing as exercise with people. They, they think, man, I just want to, I'm going to go seven days a week as hard as I can. I'm like, whoa, you, you know, relax there. So that's, that's, you hit it on the head there. Um, going the quality over quantity when you, th- when you think in terms of, of fats, proteins, and carbohydrates. Can you give us some good sources there of, of each? Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. So um, what I you know, tr- strive to have my patients do is have a, a, good quali- a good balance of proteins, healthy fats, and carbs at each meal. That's the simplest way to think of your three meals. Um, again, instead of counting or weighing, just think of protein, healthy fat, and carbs at each meal. So um, with your proteins, I like to tell people anything that's ever had a mother you can eat. Um, so, <laughs> and I, again, I get a lot of funny looks from that. That makes me but so it's sad, you know, but I get it. <laughs> and, and, yeah, and you'll, and you'll never forget it because I think, you know, we, we hear, oh, I'm going to eat healthy, so I'm just going to eat chicken and nothing but chicken mm-hmm. and turkey. Well, mm-hmm. I say, heck no, you know, you can go eat um, shrimp and beef, you know, pork, duck. You know, if you want to go eat some bison or deer, go for it. So, um the, the more variety, the better. So with your proteins 
Um, your meats, your eggs, those are great protein sources. And then for the healthy fat category, um, a very large topic we, we could talk about for a while, but um, the, the best way I can describe a healthy fat is if you can pluck it or grow it, you can eat it. So a, a, tw yes, a Twinkie is, has fat, but it's not a healthy fat, versus an avocado or cashews, those are healthy fats. So um, healthy fats are so important. They keep our metabolism going. Um, they keep you full and satisfied, and people have made the mistake of steering away from them because they think they make you gain weight, so, which they do yeah. not. Um, so healthy fats, like I said, um, butter would be a great healthy fat. And yes, I said butter. Yes. <laughs> Avocado, I know, um, coconut oil, those are healthy fats. And then awesome. finally, the healthy carb section. Um, this really is... Um, depends on the person and how much they're exercising and if they have a weight loss goal. Um, but the best carbs out there are your beans, your fruits, your vegetables. Um, some people can do, you know, rice and potatoes and quinoa and corn, depending on um, their goals and their weight loss goals. But um, those would be the best carbs out there. Um, and a final little note is I, there's not many people at all I've ever recommended to have, you know, ton of breads and pastas, um, yeah. which is something I've seen that, you know, can really, really impact the waistline, um, you know, kind of tear the gut up. So that, that could be a whole other category of, of topics, but that's kind of your basic um, ideal meal there. The that's, that and those quality carbs. that's pretty solid info. Um, going into that, and we'll, I wanted to talk about supplements. We'll get to that later. But what is, what's the deal with gluten? Because I know that there's Good there's question. so much information out there. I I think that people automatically want to lean on one thing and say, well, if it's gluten free, it's for me. Like, okay, mm -hmm. you know, they, and then they steer away, and it's all of a sudden like, well, you're still consuming quite a bit of X, Y, and Z, whether it's you know calories or um, whatever else is in the in the gluten item that they're that they're eating and they don't really think about the impact of everything else except the gluten. So what, what is it and yes. what should we look for? What's the truth? Yes, yes. So um, actually I just saw a, um, a YouTube video on Jimmy Fallon where they picked 10 random people um, <laughs> on the street and they, they all, did you see this where they asked no. gluten? And, and out of the 10 people, nine people were on a gluten-free diet, but they couldn't tell Jimmy Fallon what gluten was. They had no uh -huh. idea. So, uh, yeah, it was a really interesting kind of social experiment, and all these people were big health you know, gurus, and they said, well, you're on a gluten-free diet. What is it? And no one could, no one could really answer it. So um, to start off, gluten is a protein found in wheat. So you may see a product say, oh, it's, it's wheat-free, um, or you may see it, it, it may say gluten-free. So gluten is found in wheat and barley and rye and, and many other grains. So um, if, anyone, if Jimmy Fallon ever asks you, you'll, you'll know now what gluten <laughs> is. Um, but, but gluten, um, going gluten-free, a lot of people think that, you know, if you don't have celiac, um, that you don't need to avoid gluten. Um, I have found with, you know, my four years of clinical experience that gluten is not good for anybody or it doesn't, it doesn't benefit anybody. Um, the reason, the, the short version is it's, it's not the same as what it was two or three hundred years ago. We kind of, okay. in America, turned it into a, a Frankenstein wheat where 
I truly see um, the impact not only on weight but just on gut health. So, um, and a lot of people come to me and they say, hey, you know, I have kind of some bloating. I have some, you know, constipation or, or you know, I have achiness, um, you know, all these symptoms and they can't really pinpoint what it is. And when we eliminate gluten from the diet, which is the most inflammatory food on the planet, on the planet um, all of those symptoms start to go away. So, wow. um, and, and maybe some people can have it a little bit more than others, you know, occasionally. Um, and some people have to avoid it completely. So it's, it's not just important for, you know, not having it for a weight loss standpoint, but just kind of overall health health. Um, and, you know, not to veer off too much, but a lot of people make the mistakes of buying all gluten-free products. So they'll buy mm-hmm. gluten-free breads and crackers and donuts and chips. And I remind them, well, that, that's good, but it's still a donut. It's right. still, you know, chips. So going, quote, unquote, gluten-free is, is good, but don't make the mistake of, you know, spending $300 on gluten-free products because they're all made of rice, potatoes, and corn, which has such a huge impact on your blood sugar. Right. Um, So, again, we could could have a whole podcast on gluten and wheat and, you know. Well, maybe we will. You know. Well, maybe, maybe we, we will. will. We'll, we'll come too. back to it. I'm serious. We'll we come, back, come to back, that back to that. Yeah. It's such a, it's such an mm-hmm. interesting topic now, and I hear so many people talking about it. And I know that you know you've spoken with people also about it in um, in the gym, and and so we're starting yeah. to see that whole trend. And I and I overhear people saying, oh, you know, I pretty much eat whatever I want. It's always gluten free. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, then yeah. you know maybe <laughs> oh, yeah. maybe we They're should address not. that. Right. Right. And then. But uh, and I'll, I'll post. A, I'm going to post a video of that. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, to add on to that, you know, um, you know, some people can, you know, like kids, they can have that gluten-free bread or gluten-free wrap more often than, you know, adults can because, you know, most of us aren't very active during the day. So, um, you know, gluten-free products can be a part of someone's diet. just kind of depends how often and, you know, if it's, you know, a staple in their diet versus not. That's kind of what I, I help people look at. But, um, but yeah. So it's, oh, that's it's something a good point. that is here to stay. Yeah, I mean, it's something I think that um, is, I've never had anyone say, yeah, I eliminated gluten and I don't notice any difference. I mean, people notice significant impact in their cravings for sugar, um, you know, and how they sleep and their mood. So, um, like I said, I could go on and on and on. Um, and if you want, if someone is listening and they want more information, they should check out the book Wheat Belly. It's, yeah. It's a game yep. changer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, I've read that also to have it on my on one of my tablets, and I think it's um, I think it's a good point that you know it's it how how much of it affects people. So I mean, if you're you know like if you're if you have that intolerance to the point where you can't you know stand if you eat it, then obviously you shouldn't right. have any of it. But like you said, if you're just right. depending on how much it's part of your lifestyle, I think that's huge. Um, and yeah. I know you've and talked think, to mm-hmm. uh, go ahead. Um, you know, I, and I think too. I, you know, you, typical Americans, it's when I say a staple in their diet, it's breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a significant amount, you know. And to me, a staple should be, you know, vegetables or something that's real food versus, you know, I have two pieces of toast for breakfast. I have, you know, a six-inch Subway with a bag of chips for lunch, and then dinner's pasta. I mean, that's a lot of wheat for anybody. So, that's huge. You know, a staple in your diet versus, oh, it's, you know, a birthday party, and I'm going to have some cake. You know, totally fine. It's you know, kind of that difference. Yeah, it just all depends. If that piece of cake wrecks your system, then it's like, hey, guess what? Then maybe you shouldn't have it next time. Uh, you know what? That brings up something interesting. Um, before we jump on to the next thing, what 
What do you tell people, because I'm sure the hardest thing for most, well, besides the prepping and planning, has to be social functions, right? Since yeah. we're, we're social beings, we're, so, we're, we're made to be around other people, and more than likely we have more friends than we don't that, that aren't living the same kind of lifestyle that maybe we are. So what do you tell somebody that says, well, I, I know I'm going to have um, happy hour after work, what do I do? Or what do I do when I go to this birthday party? Do I pack snacks? Do I just... Well, what, what, do your, what do you usually tell them? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I have a few, um, two or three tips that I give someone because, like you said, that is such a hard thing. And I think it's because we, we kind of come to, to peer pressure. Um, and, you know, when everyone else is having cake, we want it too. Or we don't mm-hmm. want to be that person that is standing out and, you know, sitting in the corner not eating the cake or whatever it is. So, um, you know, what I usually recommend is, is go in your mind to that party or happy hour with a game plan. You know, if you are going to have a, a quote-unquote cheap food, that's fine, but have a plan and know exactly how much of it you're going to have. Um, you know, and when you're asked about it, you know, I think you should kind of have a party line of telling people, you know, hey, I'm just going to have a little bit of it um, and here's why. I've had a few people tell their friends that they have, you know, oh, I'm allergic to this or, you know, I just cannot eat it. And people love to, you know, oh, why are you doing that? I think you just have to stay your ground um, and kind of rehearse it in your head before you go and know exactly what you're going to order off the menu or exactly what you're going to get. Um, the other tip I have is, is bring your own food. So if you're going to a house party or, or something like that and you know they're having pizza and cake, Offer to bring the veggie tray. Offer to bring, you know, cheese and deli meats or something like that so you know there's at least something there that you can have. Um, And then the final challenge I have people do is, you know, one little thing I'll say is just try for one time actually eating before you go and see Uh if that helps. You know, don't go in there starving where it's either you're eating, you know, fried mozzarella sticks and, you know, pizza rolls because there's no other option. So, Go in with that game plan, you know, have your party line that you tell people why you're not eating that, um, you know, and and just kind of stay strong. But like you said, it is one of the hardest things um, to kind of overcome. But there'll be ups and downs just like with anything else. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's a struggle. Melissa and I had a conversation last night about, you know, going to a going to a party. She said, man, what do we do when we go to this party and, Mm -hmm. you know, there's just garbage everywhere. And she looked at me and she goes, should we just bring our own snacks? And at first I was kind of like, don't, you know, no, we're not going to do that. But then the more I thought about it, I'm like, you know what? Yeah. Honestly, if it keeps me on track with my goal, why? I shouldn't care what anybody else is going to say. Something to make fun of me, make, make fun of me. So what? I don't want to eat, right. you know, key lime pie or whatever. I, I brought a bag of nuts. I'll eat that. And maybe I'll, you know, maybe I'll have a half a piece of something else. But it's, it's not necessary to just go along with the crowd or... You know, if it's your goal, then make it happen, right? Exactly. And I think sometimes we think there's this spotlight effect on us. Like everyone's watching everything you're eating. And yeah. you know, chances are when you go home at night, no one can recall what you ate. You know, you, yeah. you think you, people did, but no one cares. No one's really looking. Um, and at the end of the night, I always remind people it's, it's you who's going home with you, you know, that night and the next day. And maybe, you know, we've all had that time where we at a Super Bowl party or something and you eat bad and you feel like a sugar hangover or like a, a food coma. Yeah the next day and you know no one else has to live with that but you so even if you turn down that extra piece of cake you know you may think you're offending someone but you're really not you know it's just really your own body that you're offending in a way 
Yeah, that's another good point. Yeah, a lot of little, little of these uh, tweetables I think you should start putting out there. That's a pretty oh, good one. <laughs> um, thanks. Going on to to uh, your the what you do with people, I'm sure it's more than than just the food, more than the exercise. Mm-hmm. What do you? How do you approach sleep in in the equation of overall health and wellness? Oh my gosh, sleep. Oh, I, oh, again, a whole other podcast could be about sleep and the impacts it has um, not only on weight loss, but if you have a fitness goal. Um, I always tell people that sleep is weight loss's worst enemy. Um, it is going to be almost near impossible to lose weight if you're not sleeping. Um, and on top of that, if you're training for um, an Ironman or you want to you know, get to the next level in your fitness at the gym, um, it's, it's going to make it so much harder if you're not sleeping. Um, yeah. And some of the whys would be when you sleep, you release growth hormone. We've all heard of growth hormone, and, you know, some guys at the gym may take growth hormone. But um, when you're sleeping, that's when you release that growth hormone. So if you're not getting eight hours of good, quality, consistent sleep, you're not going to be able to rebuild and repair that muscle that you were just tearing down. Um, right. Not only th- not only that, but your hunger regulating hormones get altered when you don't get sleep. So we have these two hormones, ghrelin and leptin, and those are the hormones that tell you I'm full and satisfied or I'm not. So the next day after not sleeping, and it's, it, it happens the next day. It's not like it's a week of no sleep. Um, the next day you crave more sugar. You find it harder to control your appetite, and you can't really tell when you're full as easy as if you had eight hours of sleep. So, um, like I said, I've had people who are eating perfectly. I mean, spot on perfectly. And they say, I I can't lose weight or I'm I'm not reaching this goal. Why is that? And it's because they're tossing and turning or they're not allowing themselves to get eight or nine hours of sleep. Um, And there's things we can do to help that, but sleep is, is so, so top priority. Is there a difference between the amount of sleep that a man should get versus a woman, or is it pretty much that that eight-hour mark regardless? That's a good question. I, you, it, it is that eight- to nine-hour ideal goal. It changes with age, in my opinion, more so than gender. So obviously okay. you see little babies, they sleep, you know, 20 hours a day, and, you know, kids need more. And then, you know, if someone who's maybe 60 or 70, you know, they can get away with seven hours, and that's, you know, okay. But for the majority of us, I mean, it's eight, you know, nine hours ideally. And um, I would say 90% of us are getting, you know, five, six hours and not good quality. And that's important, too. It's not just how long you're lying in bed is, is you know, are you tossing and turning and, and looking at the clock the whole night. I, I've heard a, I heard a quote once that said, um, in reference to sleep, it, it said, oh, I think exactly how it went, get enough sleep. Oh, wait, get, a, get just enough sleep so you don't get fired from work. Or sleep, you know, sleep often enough that you don't get fired from work, or something like that. It was basically, if you if you need to, if you if you need to get that extra sleep, try to get the extra sleep. It's going to benefit yes. you all over. Um, oh my well, gosh, I th- absolutely! I think you've thrown out some really good tips and some info there. Um, what kind of what current projects are you working on right now? Do you have anything coming along that we need to look out for? Ooh, current projects. Um, I just 
finished um, my first edition of a cookbook. Yes. That is complete. Yay. That's great. Kind of always, yes, kind of, thank you, always been in the back of my head. And um, because I can't tell you how many times a week someone says, I need more recipes, send me recipes. And I thought, what a cool thing to do to have it all in one place. And I labeled it, you know, if it's, for someone who wants to lose weight or if they need to be gluten-free or dairy-free. so, um, But, yeah, so that's kind of the project that was just um, now finished, so I'm really excited about that. Um, but other than that, I wouldn't say, yeah, I wouldn't say I have any other um, huge projects going on right now, but that that's, that's what just came out. Awesome. And I think we're going to have that at the gym, too. So that will be, if you're, if you're at Mission 5 Fitness and swing by, we'll have copies. If people want to get a hold of you, uh, maybe ask some more questions, schedule an appointment, what's the, some good contact info for you? Yeah, um, I, should I say my, my number? Is that kind of what you're, let's see here. Yeah, you can do your number, Facebook, number? Twitter, okay, email. Perfect, yeah. Um, my direct line is the best way to get a hold of me, so it's 513-366-2123. Um, and I have people call me all the time. I tell people, call me, email me if you have you know, any questions, and I, I tell my patients, don't Google anything. You're not allowed to Google any nutrition information. You just, because <laughs> who knows what you'll find. So, um, yeah, if anyone has, you know, questions about if they want to make an appointment or just, you know, general nutrition questions, they can, you know, I'd love to hear from them. Awesome. I think you'll get some, too. I think the, the more that people really start to learn about the different things that we talk about in terms of fat and the importance of sleep yeah. and, you know, the, the kind of, um, the way if uh, gluten affects you, then just that, no, having that that yep. info, not Google, but Chelsea to go to <laughs> to find out about those kind of things. That's such huge. That's a, that's huge. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, just to as we're kind of wrapping up, I think. You know, my goal is to take the stress out of nutrition and get it back to being fun because it's something we should enjoy doing and it shouldn't be stressful and, you know, counting and weighing and measuring. You know, it's it's fun and I want everyone to enjoy what they eat and feel good. That's my, my, you know, if I can accomplish that with a patient, I feel like it's a win. Well, I can tell you from experience, everybody, that working with Chelsea, you will not be disappointed. She has a passion for it and I think people can tell through through your message here. So get a hold of her and get your eating on right. Chelsea, I appreciate you coming on today. I know you're busy, so I'll let you go. Okay, thank you so, so much. I enjoyed um, being on the podcast, and well, I'm sure we'll um, hopefully do another one soon. We will. All right, I'll talk to you later. Okay. All right, bye, Eric.